Welcome to episode nine of the We Can See You Sneaking Out podcast. We've had a few weeks off uh, due to illness, work, childcare, just stuff, life getting in the way really. Uh, But we're back with a really good episode this week. The season is now pretty much over and I'm sure you're all missing the football, but we will continue to be putting out content across the summer whilst the football is off to give you an away day fix. For me, as a Luton fan, the season could not have ended in a better way. I was at Wembley with my dad um, to see us get promoted to the Premier League. We last went to Wembley 14 years ago to watch Luton win the LDV Vans Trophy or whatever it was called back then. Um, And that same season, they got relegated to the conference after starting League Two on minus 30 points. It's been well documented recently, but it has been some journey watching them rise from the non-league to the Premier League. And I'm really looking forward to visiting some Premier League grounds with them next season. Although I must say there are some things that I'm not looking forward to. Um, the shit Sky TV kickoff times, for example, and having VAR at every game as well. If you didn't see the game on Saturday, Luton scored what looked like to be the winner at the end of extra time, only for VAR to rule it out. And it just ruins those moments, in my opinion. Um, and even with VAR, sometimes the decisions are still incorrect. Um, but luckily, Luton got the job done on pens. My heart goes out to the Coventry fans who were class all day. I hope they have another successful season next year. Today, our guest is Johnny, a Sheffield United fan. He runs the Shoreham View YouTube channel and has been following Sheffield United home and away since he was a kid. Um, He's been fortunate enough to have seen his team at Old Wembley, New Wembley, Millennium Stadium and Old Trafford for numerous semi-finals and finals. Um, But I'm not quite sure how he's managed all of that Um, after my experience on Saturday. My anxiety was through the roof for pretty much the whole game. Johnny tells us about growing up in a family who were half Sheffield United, half Sheffield Wednesday fans. He also tells us about um, the group of friends that he has made from following Sheffield United and some of their stories from travelling around the country. It's fair to say they know how to have a good time and his stories reflect that. Um, Those stories include his dad getting bantered by a scantily clad lady in a pub in Wickham um, and being attacked by Liverpool fans when he was a teenager. It's a really good episode which captures what going to an away game is all about. Thanks again to everyone who has been listening. Apologies we've been away for a couple of weeks, but I do hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, please get involved by following us on Twitter at WeCanSeeYouPod or emailing us at WeCanSeeYouSneakingOut at gmail.com. Take care and I'll speak to you all next week. Okay, welcome to another episode of the We Can See You Sneaking Out podcast. Uh, this week I'm joined by Johnny, Sheffield United fan and member of the Shoreham View. Is it a YouTube channel, Johnny? It is, mate. Yes, the Shoreham View on YouTube. Uh, just a bunch of lads having a good old day out. Perfect. I'm looking forward to this and uh, obviously I'll put a link in the description below for anyone that wants to go and check out your channel. Um, thanks again f- f- for coming on and I guess... As I do with all my guests, the first question I'd like to ask is really, how did you come about supporting Sheffield United? Uh, it's a bit of a strange one, really. I didn't really have much of a choice in Sheffield. You're either born red or born uh, one of others. <laughs> I came from a split family, which is quite rare, to be honest. So my mum said, "Yeah, I was just going to ask. Yeah. I was just going to ask. Does does that happen? It, it does, but not on a lot of occasions. We don't tend to intermingle. But on that, one of the very rare ones, it is. So I had." Um, 
my mum's side of the family, they're all pigs, and me dad's side, they're all blades. Uh, and luckily for me, I picked the right side. <laughs> Excellent. And where where does pigs come from then? Uh, well, they call it us as well because their their rationale is, oh, you look like streaky bacon in red and white. All oh, right, okay, that that <laughs> that's brilliant, and that. So it has nothing to do with the fact that your ground is built on an old pig farm, then. Right. Ah, see, so that's where it comes it from. Is, yeah, Owlerton, uh, where their ground is. It's actually, if you look at the census, it's built on a pig farm, and they can never escape <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long have you been supporting? Um, Chef you too long. Uh, so started out when I was a kid going to odd game. Yeah. Um, if you want to go for like as proper dedicated going to all, all matches, getting my first season ticket, I'd probably say about ninety two, ninety three. But going to away matches and stuff that were more ninety seven. So right, a nice well over twenty years. Yeah, and can you remember your first away game? I remember the first away game. Um, I don't know if you can class it as an away game because it's a neutral ground, isn't it? But Wembley um, right. against Crystal Palace, Hopkins scoring in 90,000th minute. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was my first so, like, away away game. So what? So that was a that was a playoff final for the Premier League, right? It was, mate. Yeah, uh, we were we were dominating that season. We looked like we were going to do it next season. We were brilliant, and then we capped it off with one of the most boring games of football known to man. I were only I were only a chabby. I must have been about what nine ten. Um, I'd, yeah. I'd been to like some local away games, but that was my first proper at a Yorkshire away game uh, that I can remember, and it was just utter dross. <laughs> Before the game, street parties, you think, "Oh, this is magic. This is what it's all about. This is football at its finest." And then you go to actually watch the football, and you can't wait for it to end. Unfortunately for us, though, yeah. when it did end, it went in our favour. Yeah, the uh, first proper proper away game where I remember every single little detail. Uh, yeah. I didn't sit next to my dad, which were a rarity. Uh, I've sat with my friends, uh, still, again, only really young. Um, I think it was 1999, Notts County away in the FA Cup. Right. Um, we were 2-0 down, brought it back to 2 all. Wayne Quinn gets sent off a kicking ball out, and then Marcelo scores in 92nd minute, just before stoppage time, just for extra time. And I run down to the right. front as a naive kid, trying to grab him. And just before I can put yeah. my arms around him, I've got about 40 blokes just pile on top of me. On, <laughs> I'm a young lad underneath, and my arms up in the air, like sticking out of this crowd, like, Dad, Dad, help! <laughs> but since then, I were hooked. So what age was that? Oh, I must have been, I must have been 99, so just before secondary school. So I must have been 10, like... 10 or 11, because Wembley were a few years before that, and so that were 95, 96, or doing about 8 or 9. So, yeah, 10 or 11. All right. And you said, so that obviously, a last-minute winner away from home, nothing nothing quite is, is as good as that, is it? So that's what got you hooked. That that were it. I, I were already hooked on United as itself. I were uh, coming into my own, buying all the, all the official club shop merch. My bedroom looked like a tacky showpiece at that point in my life. <laughs> but, yeah. But, <laughs> Obviously, my first, I suppose, proper away day were Wembley. But having seen us lose that one to then go to the absolute opposite of a cold Friday night replay against Notts County in the FA Cup and seeing a last-minute winner, it's funny, isn't it? That wins you in and not the old Wembley. Yeah. So what was it then? What was it about that night? Uh, having a sup of my dad's pint that helped. <laughs> <laughs> At that age, when you think you're you think you're growing up and you're sat with all your friends and you you kind of like building for the future because I still go to away games with a lot of those lads who I went with back then because uh, a lot of my family. Um, yeah. So that building your own relationships, having a good old sing song, and 
when it, I, I find one on away game, the the tighter knit the bunch that's there, the louder you are, the more vocal you are, and when it's a good game on top of it, you just can't beat games like that. And yeah. as you said, a last minute winner in an FA Cup game's always a bonus. Yeah, under the lights as well, I guess. That's it. I mean, who don't love it? People moan about late night away games. They're the best ones. Yeah. Rolling home at four in the morning and staggering in your house when you've got work again next day. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe it doesn't feel that way when the alarm goes off, does it? But uh, Well, I'm, I work for myself nowadays, but in the past I've had some horrendous ones. I think we got back from a game at, oh, where were we playing? Southampton. Roll back in on, uh, it was a Sunday night game, I think. I think it was then. So my memory can be either great or awful, so you'll get a few of these. <laughs> and I think we got back in, and I had about uh, half an hour's kit before the alarm went off to start my shift. So I'm like, oh, no. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Good times. I wouldn't trade but, them. Like you said, you, you wouldn't you would, no, you wouldn't change it, would you? No, definitely not. I, I mean, as a country, we're quite weird. Where I think there's some like rugby fans and other th- fans that don't get it. But we... we we live for as families. We live for you know these little wins. But above all else, that we plan our lives around football. Like, Dad, can we go on holiday? It's in mm. season. You're daft. <laughs> Wait till pre-season and we'll look at it. Uh, and I think we're quite unique in yeah. that sense as a country. So you, you can't beat these games. Yeah. So do you? So you obviously started going with your dad and your friends in those early days. Yeah. So what was that like? What was your dad taking you to the the bars and stuff beforehand? Oh, of course, yeah. Um, my dad's had, always had a good attitude, and I, I'm I'm going to be the same with my kids. Is the more you brought up with it, the less of a novelty it is when you're older. You see a lot of kids now; they'll go out downtown, or they'll go to a pub for the first time at eighteen, and they'll be drunk after two pints. They'll cause a scene. They'll cause me, and they'll ruin it for everybody else. Whereas, I think if you're brought up around that, you kind of learn the etiquettes, don't you? Um, yeah. you know, what's acceptable, what's not, what the pub scene's all about. And I, I think that's good for kids going on away games, to be in the pubs, be around fellow fans and kind of learn the rules, so to speak. And it, it, it does people the world of good. Um, can be a bit scary at times. I remember League Cup semi-final uh, again, I think it was 2002, so I've only been 12, 13. Uh, we were in the Arkles at Liverpool, um, League Cup semi-final, second leg. And about, my dad used to get me an off. Uh, at that age, uh, so I'd be at <laughs> what, what, what age? 12, 13. He'd get me an off. <laughs> shandy, honestly, I swear to God. <laughs> half, half, half of what? Half a lager shandy? Uh, yeah, we'll say shandy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll not get social at his door just yet. But no, but I, I went before I had my first sit bounces in Arkles. They came and says, No, no can do. Obviously, too young. And I will, he'll play it. And so my dad, my dad topped up his half a pint with my half pint, and it's heartbreaking at that age. Like, oh no. Um, but I went to help my uncle get some stuff from the bar, like carry the soft drinks back, because that was my job at that point. And yeah. <laughs> suddenly everybody around me just ducked out of the way. I'm like, what's going on here? And I'm stood up, I turn around as a glass goes flying by my head, and all the Liverpool fans have started storming the pub. And, Jesus. At, and at 12, 13, you don't quite know how to react to that. Yeah. Now, my 12, 13-year-old brain, when I was just ducking for life, looked at the bar, saw all these full drinks and bar staff diving, so I picked about four pints up and ran off to the toilet. <laughs> but, it, but it can be uh, quite scary in situations like that. Just, but then again, you've got to know when to take your moments and steal the beers. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any other sort of moments like that then where there's been, you've been maybe a bit worried that you could be in trouble? Um, there's been one or two in the past where obviously you're in the wrong part of town or in the wrong pub. Um, the first time we played Pigs after they'd been relegated from Premier League was in a League Cup game. Again, back to the League Cup. 
Uh, we lost as well, bloody hell. Marcus Bent, Mr. Sitter. But we 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 hadn't played him in so long, and we went in this one pub that my dad was convinced used to be an away pub. Walked in, nice. surrounded by all them. And you remember the old, nice. remember in the olden days where you had a Nokia phone and you could download, um, <laughs> you could download like polyphonic ringtones from a magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad sat there queuing for bar, and all of a sudden, yeah. Obviously, greasy chip butty song went up phone, and if you, yeah. like, it's like that scene in American Werewolf in London where the whole bar just stops and stares, and nobody can quite figure out where it's coming from. My dad's in his pocket, and it's silence <laughs> like that, and um, it was brilliant, but it's worrying at the same time because you know, in a local derby like that, you're not quite sure whether they're all going to laugh about it or whether you're going to get thirty thousand people jump on your back. It's it's quite worrying. Um, I think I think the only other real time it's been a bit a bit of a naughty one was at home. Um, West Ham travelled down. Uh, they attacked one of our pubs, but unfortunately, every club has a following of idiots, don't they? They do, yeah. And it's something I've mentioned on, on previous episodes. We're still seeing it now, aren't we? People maybe not coming home from the football, which is yeah, unfortunate. Which, which, well, which, which unfortunate. shouldn't happen. No, yeah. And it's hard, isn't it? Because again, I've I've said previously that when you see these videos of football fights getting loaded up to social media, there's always a bit of interest, isn't there? It's like you you want to watch it. You do want to watch it and see what it's like, but actually, then is that is that promoting the violence? Is that unfortunately it is, really... it? and people kind of get away with it. I know there's uh, Bogdan and Thogdad. I'm big fans of them, as you can tell. But if you actually look into their tags they put on the YouTube video, one of, some of the tags in every single video is football hooligans, football hooligan fight, because when they yeah. know that their videos will then pop up when people search it, and that's a sad indictment. Yeah, uh, that's that's nothing to do with those two. They don't promote it or anything, but it, it, it's a sad indictment when you've got YouTubers having to put things like that in to gather an interest. Yeah, um, and obviously we were all young once at, at thirteen, fourteen. You think you see Green Street and Football Factory, you think it's coolest thing at world, but then when you see it up close, you realise it's it's a lot of bollocks, isn't it? Yeah. So let's talk about that then, because that's certainly something I've never experienced. Is uh, being in the same city as your rivals, so let's let's talk about going to those away games then against um, the pigs, as you call them. <laughs> so, so what is that like? Because yeah, like how does that work in terms of going to the the pubs and stuff before the game? So when we play at their ground, it's always an early Sunday night kickoff. Always, right? Always an early kickoff at their ground. Um, so the second time I went there, we, we had started a little tradition. We've got a cousin who lives about a ten minute walk from their ground. Right. So we'd either sit on Morrison's car park with a load of skagged up ale that we'd bought from Morrison's and sing. <laughs> uh, probably about 60, 70 of us. And coppers right. a, cop a twig on eventually and like surrounders and marchers to ground, usually about an hour before kickoff. <laughs> but then yeah. when he got his house there, we, we started going to his house. Um, remember one time we were, we were sat outside his house having a drink and we look above us and there's a copper chopper just circling around his back garden like what's going on here there's 60 people in this man's back garden all bearing up so we're all taking make like velvet beers up to copper chopper we we we, um we hate their band we can't stand them and so we we got this police escort from my cousin well my friend and my cousin's back garden walking down to their ground obviously with Bastille's corner and stuff like that and we'd all had far too much to drink, and we were all going, "Don't go to Willsborough, you'll get foot to mouth." And then, like yeah. mocking the band, like doing fake groups, like going, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> and um, all in good banter. And that they were, a lot of their fans were laughing about it and giving banter back. Luckily, we didn't have any trouble that day. Um, yeah. So I'm lucky enough to have been to Swillsborough 
probably say six times. Um, I've seen us lose once when I've been, uh, which right. which isn't a bad record to have. Oh, actually, yeah. no, twice because the League Cup game. No, I have to be honest, twice. Right, I don't count the League Cup one because it's a Tim Pot Cup. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, league games, important games. I've only seen us lose once, which is a fan against your rivals is always brilliant. But it's it's always a nervy affair when you go away. I was just gonna, I was just going to say, can you enjoy those games? You enjoy it up until you go through turnstiles. Yeah. Which is why I think when we won there most recently, where the last time why the club won was when we beat them 4-2 at their ground. Uh, yeah. The Bouncing Day Massacre. They claim they've got Boxing Day Massacre. Well, we've got the Bouncing Day Massacre. Um, nothing so brilliant. We we actually missed the first two goals, which was right. heartbreaking. Our tram, because it's obviously the tram network in Sheffield. We got yeah. stopped at Hillsborough Corner. Three trams. And we all pile off the trams, like say, well, why are we stopped? To a line of police, uh, and they frog marched us down to the ground. We were we going to the ground twenty minutes into it, Gabe. Um, no way. But because, in a strange way, because we were two 0 up, we, we there were no there were no like fear or anxiety because we were two 0 up by the time we walked yeah. in. So yeah. it was brilliant. A bit easier to enjoy when you're already winning. It was. Uh, I mean, when they brought it back to two all and we're all bouncing round, it were a bit nervy, but to. Best way to answer back is what we did. Score thirty seconds later and rub it right. Yeah. In. There's nothing quite like playing away at your rivals. It's it's different to every other away game. You enjoy it, and then the nerves just kind of hit you like a ton of bricks out of nowhere. It's like, oh no, what happens if we lose? What happens if we're awful? What happens yeah. if this that? And every negative scenario goes around your head. Whereas at other away games, I don't. Yes, you you want your team to do well. Yes, you want to win, but. I don't know. I don't think the blow, if you lose, is quite the same. You kind of expect a loss on an away day, if that makes sense, because you're in somebody else's back garden. Yeah, you, you never... Again, it might be different for for Sheffield United, seeing as you've had quite a lot of success, particularly in the Championship, but you never expected to win, are you, I guess? That's right. Or as, as fans, you're never expecting to win. Like you said, it's the result is almost... A draw or win is almost a bonus, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, an away day to me is a day out with your family or friends supporting your club. That is all yeah. an away day is. If you can then go and see your team win, it's like winning lottery every week. Yeah. It's, so the yeah. season we've had, we've won quite a lot of away games. So it's like, oh, I feel rich. Because I feel like I keep yeah. winning on scratch cards. Yeah. Um, but then you have the opposite where we've often said, we've had one of the best days out in the world, spoiled by 90 minutes of football. Yeah. So it's, it comes in... in in waves, doesn't it? You can have that one season where every away day is just glorious and then another one where it's like, oh, why are we doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> but we still do it regardless. Yeah. So what what is it like then um, being in the town after uh, an away day, after the uh, well, after a rival game, I guess, with Wednesday? You don't know because they shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, it's always, they always put it on a Sunday. So if we play at Bramall Lane, they always make it a night match. Yeah. because obviously our ground's in the city centre. So even if you have an early Sunday, people could still go and drink in town after the game. Whereas if they make it a night match on a Thursday night, on a school night, as we call it, they, uh, there's no chance of anybody really going out, is there? So mm. the, it's usually the night before where people start uh, yeah. rather, than, rather than afterwards, which is good because you don't get as many... Mardi fans after a loss, let's put it that way, where these yeah. usually well-behaved people suddenly turn into divvies. Um, yeah. But it is, it's still the case where the night before uh, a derby game, you, you don't have that friendly banter. Everything becomes a lot more serious. Yeah. Pubs start to segregate, red and white only, other lot only. 
and yeah. you see this tension build where even families like my mum's not that much of a football fan but if my granddad was still around as much as I loved him and he was like a second dad I wouldn't talk to him for a week it's <laughs> like I don't want to know you it's like but wait, it's like, but you're such close I'm like no I don't want to know him he, he picked wrong side because that's his choice not mine yeah. and, and so, that's, that's, so, so it is that what it's like? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's deep rivalry. I think. I think the best one is uh, the Sheffield semi-final at Wembley. Uh, I didn't go to that one. Was too young. Thank God, because we lost. Uh, <laughs> it's their big claim to fame. But my mum and my dad both went opposite sides of ground, obviously. And yeah. um, I, mean, I remember the story because we've got Millwall friends. It's like called Cockney Kev, uh, and he, he went to that game with me dad. We they managed to swindle him a ticket. And as they went at Wembley way, my right. dad's like, I, I hate these bastards, I hate these effers and all this kind of stuff. And then Connie's like, uh, Kev's like, ah, as soon as you see one of them lot, you'll be hugging and kissing and all this. Like, ah, I effing won't. I'll kill him, I'll kill him. First person he sees his wife. So of course he gives her a big hug. <laughs> so he's like, I told you, I told you. That's my wife, you daft son. But, but other, other than that five-minute hug, they didn't talk to each other again for the rest of the day. And that's a married couple. That's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. At least it, you know, they were able to to stay together despite the those uh, different rivalries. I think a lot. See, of that... Dad never thought that. Sorry, go on. Go on. Sorry, I, I was just about to say that. Um, obviously, obviously, my dad wasn't very happy after the game, so he didn't want to talk to anybody, regardless whether they were red or blue. But me, uh, my granddad, they then went to the FA Cup final against Arsenal, and uh, yeah. Chris Woods. Their goalkeeper. He, he, he uh, didn't have the best of games. So when they came back from uh, from London, my mum, uh, my auntie, my granddad, my grand, my nan, they all came back and they were greeted with a giant Mickey Mouse with Chris Wood's face <laughs> cut out and stapled <laughs> to it. So my dad got his own back, so that was brilliant. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. So... um. Have there been any grounds? Because you know, I think it's fair to say Sheffield United have been up and down, haven't they? Yeah. In the time that you've been supporting them, um, and we'll maybe think about some of those bigger grounds that you've been to. And I guess you've had a, a few big occasions like Wembley a few times, playoffs, um, FA Cup. Did you get to the semi final against Newcastle one year? Did yeah. Um, I mean, I'm quite lucky and unlucky in the fact that I'm. I'm only my, I'm only 30 odds. I'm not going to say exactly how much because people will start rubbing it in. Um, <laughs> but I've been to the old Wembley, the Millennium Stadium, uh, Old Trafford for two semi finals, uh, the new Wembley one, two, four times. Bloody hell. And I've seen three goals scored for my team in all of those. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, the day is always brilliant. The football, not so much. Yeah. Um, I, I remember my first FA Cup semi final was. Newcastle or Old Trafford. Got a bloke who comes with it. We we had a uh, we've got quite a big following of our lot that like a, a close knit group. Uh, worked to the fact that we can actually fill two or three coaches, right? Um, uh, one giant family really. And we we went to Old Trafford, and obviously we, me and a few of my cousins, my other friends and youngsters, we had to guide up. We had to like literally physically guide our parents and stuff back to the bus. They couldn't see where the buses were. They were that drunk. Um, we got a bloke, got a, got a bloke called Pete coming down, walking down the aisle, and I think he was on TV for all the three seconds. You've never seen a man walk at a ninety degree angle before, so his legs are perfectly straight and his body's at one side, completely off kilter at a full ninety degrees like that, like 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 an upside down L almost. Uh, but, 
that that was that were a special day that because that were the first big game that was like an FA Cup memory, like core memory that I had. Oh. Um, other other than the Notts County game, uh, it it was one where I got to spend it in a big occasion and enjoy myself. And again, last minutes, Alan Shearer scoring a minute to break his hearts. We always seem to do it in last minutes in these close games. But um, yeah, it, it was just nice to have that time with my family and friends and bond properly uh, and, and kind of build that camaraderie like for the next generation coming upwards. Because a few of my friends I'd only met that day and I'm still friends with them now, um, yeah. like the, the wider group. So it became a bit of a family affair after that. And we've all uh, joined together to be heartbroken since. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, yeah, so fortunate maybe to go to quite a lot of those big games at those bigger stadiums. Have you yeah. been to anywhere where you've thought, Fucking hell, this is an absolute shit tip. Or... Wrexham. Wrexham. <laughs> this season. <laughs> Tell us about it. Wrexham, this season, obviously. I wanted him. I wanted him in the cup. I'd watched the documentary. Wrexham now, I'll say it now before I get to the story. What I've discovered is, I thought Wrexham fans, after the portrayal they got on TV, were going to be nice blokes, love a bit of banter, this, that and the other. They're not even Welsh. They're scousers with a Welsh accent. They've got this attitude and this chip on their shoulders, though. There's something really special. And it's heartbreaking yeah. because I love their owners and I think the story is good. It's not, yeah. as, good as, not as good as Luton's. I mean, not like the <laughs> no. Premier League. Um, but you'll find any club that's played or had to deal with Wrexham doesn't like them. It's only mm. the Americans and people that have just watched a documentary that like them. And I was one of those until we played them. And we got there. We we had to drink two towns away because they don't like your into Wrexham to drink on the day. Had a good laugh. Right. Came in. Um, first negative, they had a drum. Can't stand that. I can't stand that. Can't stand any club that uses any kind of artificial crowd building. It's nonsense. Just, yeah. just sing. I'm with you on that. And they were like, "Oh, you are quietest away fans ever." It's like, "Well, are you sure about that? Are you pretty sure?" Because if you look at it, we're the ones making a load of noise, and the only time you make a noise is after you've scored. And it, it was just a weird one. They've got this. There were a few of the older blokes. I'll give them credit. They were all right. You know, ones who've been through it all, all doldrums. But yeah. you're in this ground. It's three sided, which is always a nightmare because it means you get less of a less of an allocation. Yeah. Um, I think we were on the side that was in England because, like, one side of the ground was in perpetual sunshine and the other side was perpetual misery. So I think I called it the Welsh side and the English side. <laughs> and um, you just the facilities were awful. The ground was awful. And I know a lot of people get loot and stick for their ground, but it's like Kenilworth Road's five star compared to Racecourse. It's, really, it's awful it, people say oh it's great for an atmosphere it's not because they, there's nothing keeping the atmosphere in if that makes mm. sense they, yeah. uh, you've got this big hill with a jcb on one side you've got an awful pitch that's shredded up you've not got many fans there because they don't give you a massive allocation and everybody spent you miss <laughs> off at game queuing to go to the toilet it, it's yeah. just not a pleasant experience the whole town isn't if i'm honest with you <laughs> Yeah, and I forgot there was a bit of needle, wasn't there, between the players and stuff from that game? Oh, yeah, this is what I mean. It translates into into the club, I think, because they've got this this almost god complex, I think, um, where they did a celebration. They, after the game, obviously, it went to a replay. Um, they thought they'd won lottery, and then we ruined it for a minute last minute with an Egan goal, getting all the shush and that, which was brilliant. And it's like, oh, he's shushing a little team. It's like, are you kidding? We, we, they were giving it, it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and, and like kind of on the way home, they were all posting things like after the draw, like doing their little celebration where they did the camera celebration saying, oh, Tottenham, we see you. It's like, how disrespectful is that? Like, you've not even beat yeah. us yet. And we're in, 
not be funny, wait league, your non-league, you, you're giving it yeah. this. And fair play to you, you gave us a good game. We'd give you that if you weren't so arrogant about it. Yeah. And with it, it weren't just the uh, players either, it was the fans. Not not in a violent way, but, you know, like an online kind of way. It, um, all the respect I had for them went out the window when they started bad-mouthing Sheffield United because we had the audacity to not let them win, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, an arrogant lot. Yeah, I think the best thing that will that could happen to them is being knocked down a peg or two next season, maybe. But given the resources, that might not happen. I'm hoping it's nil Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the first team to not win a game, it'd be brilliant. But but as you see with Stockport, I think the gap there is a bit of a gap between the conference and League Two. But I think that's starting to shorten down because a lot of clubs that go down from League Two now have got more resources than the rest of the division. Yeah, and there's so many full-time clubs, isn't there, in the conference that come up. It was the same with Luton. They went up and up again. And like yeah. I said, it seems to be quite common. And then there's a bigger jump maybe between League One and the Championship. But... That's it. I mean, I mean, when you first came in, it took really good management to get your guys up there. Something that we don't, we as a bigger club, and I don't say that with any kind of disrespect, there's a lot of clubs bigger than us. We're nothing special. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of clubs that seem to want to buy the way to victory and it doesn't always work does it that's how you've seen your leads in league one and stuff like that so i I think you guys did it right yeah yeah just hoping that that carries on next season so is is there um is there any other grounds then when you you know when you're looking at when the fixtures day comes out it's always an exciting day is there any other places where you think oh i'm dreading going there again i can't be arsed with that trip well one of them is just gone luckily southampton Uh, oh it's a lifeless soulless bowl in yeah. the middle of, in the middle of nowhere, about as far away as you can get from Sheffield. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm always glad to see them gone. But unfortunately, we've got Bournemouth. So we'll be looking forward to that. And, you know, we'll get about five hundred allocation, four hour round trip, and it's there's just nothing pleasurable about it, is there? <laughs> it's, nah. it's how do you how do you, you get there then? Are you are you on the bus? We we if it depends we've got a lot of lads now that are too old to really do it anymore um yeah. like my my uncle he, he's still young at heart so good as many as he can my dad's had a stroke so he do not quite get to as many as he can right. um but we used to fill a bus or his own or we get the train dad whereas now we, we found a, a, a kind of like a happy medium where if it's absolute madness i'll jump behind wheel and i'll drive his dad because I, I don't drink as much as i used to anymore yeah. um and if if we're going to a proper proper away game, we'll jump on a bloke called Picard. Says he runs buses, and he's right. very choosy with who goes on the buses. No day trippers allowed. So, right. <laughs> so that, that's a good way to get down there. Whereas I think next season we'll probably fill quite a few of his own buses. Yeah, and a lot yes. of the lads love the train. I can't stand it. I can't stand the train. Right. There's just nothing worse than being stuck on a metal tube, especially after a loss. <laughs> <laughs> what is the bus like? What's the so, bus like then after a long uh, a loss on a long away trip? Well, I think it sums it up. Uh, we went to Man City on his own bus, obviously, you know, for the FA Cup semi-final this year. Yeah. Uh, we all expected to lose. I think that's why a lot of day trippers didn't go. We, I think it was more the proper United fans that went. Not not to mention that the FA are an absolute disgrace. I think they're like charging 180 quid. The cheapest ticket were like 50 quid, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I, th- I think they were some 30s and 40s knocking about, but I think they're like like right at the back of the doldrums where you can't really see anything so like yeah. your, your most practical ticket is 50 quid so we didn't sell it out 
which the other lot are like, oh, we sold out Wembley. It's like, oh, well done, cracking. You know, you were expected to win that game, so all your day trippers went. And then yeah. to go against Man City, to keep it 3-0 were a bonus. You know, when you've got Arlen scoring five against Burnley, who were meant to be a better team than you the week before. Yeah. It's uh, We all thought, oh, no, we're just going for a laugh. We're going for a day out. And coming home on that bus, we were still partying. We'd got yeah. music blaring, people's jumping <laughs> about, we're still drinking. And a Man City bus comes flying by and they're all asleep. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, just have a laugh with your day. So that's usually what our days are like. Uh, on the opposite of that, we we lost to Huddersfield. Again, we were still not partying, but we were still drinking and having a laugh on the way home. But it's there's always that negativity in there. That yeah. we should have won that game or we should have done better. And yeah. discussions turn to arguments and arguments turn to people sitting at opposite ends at bus. And it's like, I'm not talking to him for rest at journey and that kind of nonsense. Uh, but then you park back up, you go back to the pub and you have a laugh and you forget all about it. Yeah, because I guess, again, like you said, in terms of the championship, you are always up and, up and around, aren't you, near the top? So I guess your expectations might be fairly high. A lot of the lads, yeah. Uh, we've got we've got a few fans. It's like, we should be winning this game. It's like, we're away from home. Why should we? It's, we've yeah. got we've got no glorious right to. But there are fans that seem to think we should win every game 3 or 4 nil. And I don't quite understand it myself, personally. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm the eternal pessimist. I'll go to home games and say we'll lose 1-0. Because <laughs> my, my philosophy is, if I expect a loss, everything else is a bonus. Yeah. That, that, I suppose that's a, it's a weird way to live your life, but it's worked for me so far. Yeah. Well, on the same, honestly, I was obviously I was at Wembley watching Luton on Saturday, and I, I'm not sure I could manage going to cup finals and playoff finals every year. It was my anxiety was through the roof. As since you, as you've been to Wembley, obviously, in it crap. Yeah. As a stadium, in it rubbish. It's it's big and that and lovely, great. We've we've got plenty of big grounds. It don't really hold an atmosphere. It, you, it's so separated. The fact that they get that middle ring to corporates, it's it's just I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's obviously something special about being involved in those games. It's the day out, I think, that's special yeah. rather than the grounds. I've been to the old Wembley, and that was ten times better. Was Millennium, it? Yeah, and that, and, and that was miles away from the pitch as well, wasn't it? It was, and as daft as it sounds, it held an atmosphere better. I think you were. Yeah. Whereas you, you kind of like on top of each other where you yeah, were sat. It was, it was like all one level, wasn't it? Yeah, there were there were separate tiers. I think there were two tiers, but I, I think your seats were like steeper. Right. So you're on top of each other, so a noise blasting on top of noise. Whereas the yeah. bottom tier at New Wembley, it's flat as a pancake. Yeah. So all the all the noise just goes straight out into nothingness, really. Yeah, it's it's not it's not the same, obviously, as being in an, in an away end or no, a, you know, a, a packed home end. But uh, and I resented having to pay seven quid for a can of Budweiser. Oh but... man! <laughs> Did you get the Green Man pub? No. Oh, that was, no. That was that was Coventry, yeah. We were in um, went to Baker Street Weatherspoons. That's where we ended up. My dad is a my dad is a Yorkshireman, so he likes to find a Weatherspoons wherever we go for, for the cheapest beer. And he also he had some Weatherspoons vouchers with him as well. So we were holding everyone up while he was getting his vouchers out to get fifty p off his pints. <laughs> I, I can relate. We've got Big Rob. He's uh, my, my uncle. He will walk fifteen miles to save twenty quid. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we'll go somewhere. It's like first thing, wet spoons. It's like, we don't want me, me, me best mate who I run uh, show overview with. It. He's my co-host on a, on our morning, on like our match preview show, Beer and Breakfast. He, run, he, he runs a working man's club. So he likes yeah. to support a local club, not a chain. So you got to, you got first 50 minutes on your away game. It's Robert, we need to find a Witherspoons. John, we're, not, <laughs> we're not going to a Witherspoons. Support your local. And it's like, 
Finally, after 15 minutes, we start out at Witherspoons and then slowly drift to local. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, the, the green man is something special. My little boy, it was his first trip to Wembley this year. Right. And it, he said, I would trade going to the game to just staying at Green Man all day. I'm like, well, <laughs> welcome to our life. So <laughs> this, is how we appre- this is how we approach away games. <laughs> That's amazing. So is is there, apart from those big days out, is there any, I guess the opposite to the question I asked before, when the fixtures come out, are there any games that you're really looking forward to or particular trips away that you think, I can't wait to go back there? Yeah, there's a few, especially this year. We're going to the Premier League. Uh, yeah. You know, you've always got to love your trips to Old Trafford. They give you a decent-ish allocation. It might be falling apart, but I think that adds to the character. It's it's one of the few big grounds that's not lifeless, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle, I don't like Newcastle as a city, as a club, and they stick you 16 miles up into air. So everybody goes, oh, it's a nice ground with character. It's not. It's It's really not. It loses all its character with these two giant stands and then the two the two stands that actually have character, you know, like kind of stuck on the side and you, you can't see anything. It's yeah, it's, you're, so, mi- you're miles up, aren't you? You're miles up. So yeah, so, so I always take an old Trafford over a St James's Park any day. Um I think the one that'll be that'll really enjoy are the ones like your wolves, stuff like that. You know, old fashioned grounds. Yeah. I'm 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 a sucker for old fashioned grounds. There were two types of kids, two types of kids on LMA Manager. Those who turned their local team's ground into the new camp, and those who did it properly. I thought I'll add one thousand seats here. Yeah, I've never been to Wolves, but because are you are you all along the bottom, like right along the side of the pitch? That's it. Again, it's not perfect. Gosh, on the side of a pitch, I love being behind the net at an away game. I think that's the best way to do it. But yeah. it's good that they give you a decent allocation. I think. Um, yeah. And obviously at Wolves, you're all together on that lower tier. They give you the full thing. So it's good that you're all together. There's no split stand. I do think yeah. splitting stands is crap as well because you're trying to get an atmosphere going and it doesn't always work because you've always got 30 or 40 fans too busy getting banter to fan next to him from other teams and singing in songs. Yeah. And uh, it kind of hinders it, I think. Burnley away, prime example. Um, yeah. I quite like Turf Moor. That's I think that comes into that category. It's like an old-fashioned ground, isn't it? It but, is. Uh, but like you said, it's a split stand, so you're right next to them. Not just that. I've got sad memories of Turf Moor. Um, my uncle Greggy died of a heart attack at Turf Moor. Um, no way. Ne- yeah, never came home when I was only a little nipper. I, 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 I can't really class it as an away day. It's where I didn't mention it earlier. When I was six, I think I was, I was a mascot away at Burnley. Um, right. My, my family, not so much in the modern era, but up, uh, up until I'd probably say... 2006, um, Burnley as a football club were brilliant with my family. They always let us be a mascot there, little nippers, bit mascots there. Uh, couldn't do enough for us. Since it's changed hands, not so much. Uh, a lot of those people that were really good with us aren't there anymore. So a lot of people say, oh, I hate Burnley. Burnley's that club I hate. I've always had a lot of respect and love for Burnley for how they were with our family. Yeah. Um, but now going to an away game, it's, it kind of... Brings back, I suppose, as you get older, you kind of realise the mortality behind it, don't you? It's always, a yeah, bit, always a bit grey for me going there. Yeah. So does that do? Do you ever not go, or do you? Oh, I always go. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm I'm hooks, hook, line, and sinker. Um, th- th- I missed three away games last season. Right. So yeah. Right. Right. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that, but it's I guess it it is nice to hear that positive side and how Burnley supported you and your family after that. That's right. So what's it, United what's it were like the same th- as well. They, yeah. they were good as well. Were they? So what's it like then? So you said your your son's been a mascot. 
My sons not know. Uh, unfortunately, he was too. He, he came after the modern era, uh, right. so they didn't let us do it there. I was a mascot. My cousin's been a mascot. My little brother's been a mascot. Right. Uh, so what, all at, at Turfmore. <laughs> so so what is that experience like then? Is that different? Do you get to like? Are you sat somewhere else? How does it work? So from what I remember on the day, as I said, I were only really young. Um, three things I remember from that day: seeing a, seeing walking into a changing room with a little nipper, and it's not what you think it is. First time you see one of your own players knobs, it kind of ruins the romance of <laughs> the whole thing. It's like, why is he naked? Poor towel. <laughs> but yeah, who was who was it? I think it was Bryson. <laughs> Bryson, I might be wrong. It could have been somebody else. Uh, ask my cousin. It scarred him more than it scarred me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm young enough to block it out. He were old yeah. enough to have that painful memory forever. Um, <laughs> but the, the first thing you kind of realise is how different everything is. When you're a kid, you expect it to be all drama like it is on TV, like your Ted Lasso's where you're all sat around there and every match is a motivational team talk and this, that and the other. No, you go in, everybody's having a laugh with some music on, getting ready like they do it. It's like a Sunday league game when you're getting ready. And then you're kind of ushered out. You get to go and have a kickabout on pitch. Um, My my hero as a kid growing up uh, is Alan Kelly, the goalkeeper. Still my hero now, best player United's ever had and he were a goalkeeper. Don't care what anybody says. And to walk out onto the pitch with Alan Kelly, as a kid, it's like, don't get better than that. This is it. I'm peaked. I've peaked. There's nothing yeah. that gets better in football than me. Um, and then I was stuck in there and my my <laughs> my cousin, he was doing the same and he was shooting past me and he scored. And then Alan Kelly wouldn't let him score past him just because I was upset that he'd scored past me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an eerie experience when you know why you're there because uh, yeah. a member of family's died. But you kind of forget about it as soon as you start getting involved with everything with the players because they're good with you. They, they give you that banter. They shake your hands. They do the hallway kind of thing yeah. when you're shaking hands. They were, the home players were the same. They were great. There were no egos back then. I don't. I doubt, I doubt there'd be many there now, to be honest, because it's Burnley, but some yeah. clubs do. Um, but as any kid, it's a dream come true, isn't it? And yeah. more people should do it, I think. The problem is a lot of clubs, I think I saw it the other day, Arsenal, I think they charge 600 quid. To be a mascot, and it's like, why? Just make a kid's day. United yeah. do it. United do it now. I think you pay fifty quid to be entered into a lottery, right? Uh, and if you get picked out, obviously they keep you fifty quid. But in that fifty quid, you get a lot of merch. You get to do the the package, and you get a seat for the game, even if you've not got a ticket. Whereas if at the end of the season you get a choice, you can have a roll that fifty quid over to the next season and have it back. So yeah. I think I think that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, decent. That's great. That's something I've not experienced. I guess quite a few people listening probably haven't either as well. It's uh, quite a unique experience, isn't it? Yeah. Like, if, you're not, have... if you're not hooked on football after an experience like that, you definitely are. Yeah. I almost feel like I'd, I'd like to do it more now as an adult because you'd probably understand more and you'd, you'd, exactly. you'd, sort of, you'd take more in, wouldn't you? I'm praying that if I ever get married, somebody makes me a mascot for me, stag do with something, just, yeah. so, just so I can do it without looking pathetic, if that makes sense. <laughs> Walking out holding the captain's hand. I'm sure Billy would look at me and think, don't dare touch my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I did, um, the first time I've ever been fanboyed was when I asked if I could do um, a, a video with Billy Sharp. And right. he says, he says, yeah, come do it at my house. I'm like, what? So I went and filmed him in front of his Christmas tree at his house. I'm talking to his wife, like talking to his kids. And it was a surreal experience. So Billy's been brilliant with me coming up and the channel and uh, he helped get the channel going really. So, so that I'm was sure... through... Sorry, go on. That was through the channel. Yeah. 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 When we got promoted from, uh, I, did, I did a series called best of the nineties. 
obviously that was a time where Billy Sharp was coming up as a fan as well. Yeah. So I kind of said to him, look, would you go on camera and gear? Like we, we did a vote, a poll, picked a player for each position, keeper, defender, midfielder, striker. So would you give some clip? Would you record some clips just getting your opinions on what you remember watching these players? And he said, yeah, uh, not really free down at club. Just come to my house and do it. I'm like, what? No, this is a wind-up. You're not really Billy Sharp. Uh, and eventually, obviously, after speaking to him, went down there and did it. And I've done a few things with him since where we did a League One thing where I went down, when we got promoted from League One, he, he did some clips for me at, uh, at the club, at the hotel. Uh, so he's been really good with me. So I'm, I'm not going to be one of these fans, oh, Billy's my best mate. I don't know him very well, but the times I've dealt with him, he's been brilliant with me. But I'm sure he'd be comfortable. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be comfortable enough for me if I were a mascot to say, don't you dare touch my hands. <laughs> 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 That's amazing, and to be fair, you know he he does come he comes across as a very down to earth guy, doesn't he? He is. So, um, I think he'd good. say he'd say it himself coming up. He maybe had a bit of an ego to him, uh, but yeah. he's he'll be first to admit it as he's grown as a player and become a better player. That all left. I, I think a lot of young players have that idea, so don't they? Yeah, and I think I guess to make it in such a brutal industry, you need a bit of that, don't you? You need yeah. a bit of an edge a bit of an edge to make and actually we're all a bit like that as well aren't we when we're sort of yeah. young or getting to teenagers when we first start going out that sort of thing we all have oh, of course cocky attitude and <laughs> and as you grow up you change um when... so i'm not obviously asked for his address i'm not asked for his address <laughs> but what was his move since. what was his house what was his house like was it amazing it makes me feel poor every time i look around my living room <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think his living room's about the same size as my dining room kitchen and living room put together I, I, I think his sofa's bigger than my living room. <laughs> That's amazing. But he's earned it though, hasn't he? You, I think some players, he like has, you, get the, you get these it. younger players, like they're in your man new academies with these big houses. It's like, you've not earned that. And then when you see uh, a player like Billy, who, as far as footballers' houses go, it can be classed as quite modest, I, I think. But at the same time, he puts us all to shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So is there, because obviously we talked about that that first game, that Notts County game where you had an amazing experience and sort of got hooked. Is there is there any other like really results that stick out in your mind or away days that you think, yeah, that was an incredible day? Give it the result or the there's ground a, or the atmosphere. There's a few. There's a few I could mention. Uh, I'll, I'll bring up some of my favourites. Uh, like results-wise, obviously beating Pigs 4-2. Don't get much better than that. Leeds away our yeah. first season back in the championship. Leeds said they were going to muller us, they were going to do this, they were going to do that. It was the same season we won 4-2. And uh, right. we went there, Dave, we scored early, Billy Sharp. So we were loving it. Then they scored just before half-time. And then we had David Brooks from through, I think it was 70th minute. Put ball at the back at net, we erupted. And it was just like, we've beat Pigs and Leeds since basically a couple of weeks. And we're top of the championship. We've yeah. just come up from League One. <laughs> this is this is not real. This is this isn't actually happening. So yeah. results like that are brilliant. Uh, unfortunately, I was living in Finland uh, when we got promoted to the Premier League. I missed a few games that season, and one of them right. was Leeds, which was heartbreaking. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to that too much. It still hurts. But uh, away games I remember most. We went to Birmingham last game of the season. That same season. We filled yeah. out a coach and the toilet was at the back and we were we were having a laugh with one of the lads who went and he says, you've got to come out and you've got to sing the song. And this, right. as he did, we started doing it to everybody and we, we named it, it's on, one of, it's on the vlog, that because we, we vlog our games. Um, people are, oh, you're a vlogger? Yeah, watch our vlogs and find out. Um, <laughs> we turned it to something called Stars in the Bog. 
And right. it, we knew it had gone too far. <laughs> when my dad, it was a fairly large chap, went into the toilet. Like They weren't even going to the toilet. They were just at this point going in to do the stars in the bog scene. <laughs> he, he went in the bog with another rather large bloke. Uh, they came out topless singing Cheeky Girls. So that kind of put a dampener on me. <laughs> I remember Jesus. <laughs> Um, Everton away in the Premier League. <laughs> as far as days out go, that was madness. We 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 had a lad called Badger, and he, he's usually the br- we love him to pieces, and we've not traded for anybody. But he's in the brunt of a lot of our jokes. Um, right. he, he he's the will in the group. If you're comparing it to in between us, if that makes sense, <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he was having a little comedy wrestling match, and he got covered in curry sauce. We found this little laundrette, and we took him in. Uh, <laughs> And this this lovely scouser is like, oh, where are you all from? And we're like, we're from Sheffield. Oh, are you are you going to the football? Yeah, we're going to the football. So, oh, my my uh, my nephew plays for you, John Lundstrom. So that was it. We start erupting, singing songs, and then you got like twenty blades all turning up singing John Lundstrom songs, all in this little laundromat. <laughs> brilliant. No way. Like yeah, just completely incredible. out of the blue. So there's been plenty like that. I usually tend to remember the day more than the result, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think yeah, probably the, the ultimate day out for me, um, <sighs> trying to phrase this in a way that comes across a bit cleaner than when I first say it, is it, the day we ended up in uh, Wickham away. And we ended up in what the White Horse, I think it's called. If anybody's been right. on an away day to Wickham, you know what the White Horse is. Uh, <laughs> scantily clad ladies while you're all getting drunk. It's, it's a good laugh. And when you're, <laughs> when you're in your mid-20s uh, and you've got a, a dancing lady... <laughs> absolutely rinsing your dad with banter it's a good day it's a brilliant yeah. day <laughs> oh it's brilliant there's nothing more I can say about that day that you get yeah uh, right <laughs> so that's that's worth a look for anyone going to Wickham anyway if it's still there definitely worth a look <laughs> and again then what about the negative results can you think of any particular way day where you thought, oh, fuck, that was a disaster. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think probably the worst one was when we were in the Premier League under Warnock. Um, in fact, two bad ones, both for the same team. Warnock, we were trying to fight and stay in the Premier League, Aston Villa away, and we turned up and played like absolute garbage. Just didn't turn up, didn't give any fight, any fury. And when everybody says, oh, we went down because of the Tevez thing, it's like, yeah, that played yeah. a part. But then you go to Aston Villa and play like absolute idiots. So you kind of think it's on us as well. You can't put all the blame on the Tevez thing. And then the season uh, in the championship where we went up, we we went to Villa again. 3-0 up to end 3-0. There's nothing worse than that. There's absolutely nothing worse than the throwing away big leads, especially in an away game. Because yeah. when you're 3-0 up especially, you... As football fans, we all admit we do it. We give it the big in, singing songs, how easy it is, and blah, blah, blah. So when it's yeah. thrown away and you've got, especially a, a ground like Villa, and then you've got 30-odd thousand fans giving it you back, it's like, oh, why yeah. do I do this? Why do I do these <laughs> things? Yeah. So there's been a few like that, unfortunately, because we're not a Man City. Well, Man City have got their own past, haven't they? We're not on Liverpool. We're not on Arsenal. We, we unfortunately have a checkered pass of mediocrity. So there's been quite yeah. a few of those. Travelling to away at Crew on a Tuesday night, my dad's driving <laughs> driving over bumps on country roads like it were wild mouths at Flamingo Land, that kind of thing. <laughs> Anybody who's never been to Flamingo Land, that joke's lost on them. But you, I, I bet you get it. 
Um, I've been, yeah, I've been. Yeah. Annoyed, <laughs> and and then losing one nil to an 80th minute goal. There's there's too many to mention, but it's always that same feeling of I'm never doing it again. I'm never doing this. I'm staying at home on midweeks, and then you suddenly you look around and you're at, <laughs> you're at Wickham on a Thursday night. It's like, oh no, yeah. I, I swore I weren't going to do this again. <laughs> Yeah. So can I just ask then about the Warnock days? Because that's obviously it was a successful time, wasn't it? Didn't you get it to was. was there three three finals, was it, when you were in the in the championship or three semi finals? Yeah, in one season we got to the playoff final, League Cup semi final and the FA Cup semi final. Again, right, old yeah. Old Trafford against Arsenal. Uh we yes. have So that that was the seaman save, wasn't it? It was. It was. Barnes's keeper pulled off a remarkable one like just like that this weekend. It brought a lot of memories flooding back. But all I remember as a kid, because we were right behind the net, and it were in. I don't care what anybody says, it were in. From my angle, it was in. <laughs> so we're jumping about, and the next thing we know, ball's right back at net, and we're like, hang on. Has, yeah. this, has this actually happened? Has physics defied me? But again, I were at that funny age where uh, I were a teenager, so I turned up in a Stone Island jumper that didn't fit me, Burberry cap, <laughs> full on chav mode. There's a photo of me. Uh, yeah. yeah, I still love Burberry, but I don't think I turned up to a match wearing my uh, full Burberry at Stone Island get the badge in yeah. matching combo anymore. Uh, there'd yeah. be some subtlety to it. Um, but, <laughs> But again, vivid memories are walking down from train station and my dad standing on top of a bin and going, Arsenal fans, French bistros that way, Sheffield United fans, pubs that way. That was a makeshift tour guide. And we took over three or four streets and there were buses like the locals that couldn't get through, like abandoning buses on the streets because they couldn't get through the Sheffield United fans. Uh, and then the referee tackles Michael Tong and they go on and score and ruin the day. Yeah, I remember it. But that, because that was obviously, you know, must have been a, an exciting time being a fan. Yeah. But then um, there was everything that came with it, the documentary. Oh, and, that season. Know, yeah, and Warnock's turned into, I think, you know, people like me, not a Sheffield United fan, looking looking from the outside. He's obviously, he's turned into a bit of, he's like a a meme, isn't he, Warnock? There's loads of, you know, he's, it's, it's almost like a bit of a, a laugh and a joke. So I was wondering... How was that as a fan, being able to have that insight into, into your club? And I know we're seeing it a lot more with all the Amazon documentaries. Yeah. What, what, what is your, like, what did you think of that, I guess, as a fan? Well, when he took over, we were bottom of the championship. Yeah. Uh, well, Division 1, I think it was called at the time. I think it, was, it might have been the last year it was Division 1 under Adrian Heath. And we were abysmal. I, I have never wanted a manager out as quick in my life. We were awful. And one that came in and he turned mm. it round. I think we finished eighth that season. Uh, but really did change it round. Uh, season afterwards, we I think we missed out on the playoffs by a few points again. But then it got to the stage where the football was awful, abysmal, like really bad for a season or two. Uh, and people, I weren't calling for him out, but a few people were. They'd had enough. Yeah. Uh, but then he turned it around, and we, we it's amazing with Warnock. If he can get rid of two players that don't believe in what we're doing and bring one in that does, it looks like a different team. And I think he's got that ability to kind of, a bit, a bit like Chris Wilder did, they, they can build team spirit uh, and they can play off of that. So any any missing quality, you can make up for it in aggression, in fight, in passion. And that were always good to have and you don't miss it till it's gone. Yeah. And when you when you get relegated with Warnock, because obviously his football weren't good enough, the, the budget we had wasn't good enough, uh, to then 
go from him to Brian Robson, you realise what you had while you had it. And it's, it's a big culture shock and a big downfall from there. Uh, obviously, we end up in League One before we end up back in the Premier League. But yeah. but as Warnock as a manager, it was always entertaining because he comes out with his little Warnock quips, his little mannerisms. And yeah. as a fan, you love to see it. He's, I think like nowadays, he's got this signed pictures in his bum bag, hasn't he? Or fan yeah. pack for the Americans. He's <laughs> uh, just little quirks like that. And, and we went to an away game at this non-league ground and we lost 2-1 and we were right behind him in the dugout. He turned and he goes, not a word, you bunch of bastards. Not a word. It's only a pre-season <laughs> game. <laughs> and, and it's a kid. I was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but just little things like that that make him a unique manager. And he keeps coming back, which is good. Um, obviously, I weren't quite happy that he beat us 1-0 at Huddersfield this year, but luckily we were already promoted and it kept Huddersfield yeah. up. Because I've got a soft yeah. spot for Huddersfield. I'll never yeah. admit it, but I have. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, it's, in, it's incredible, isn't it, that, you know, it's sort of well-documented. He maybe doesn't do a load of coaching. Like you said, he's not maybe massive on high press, all, the, all that sort of football bollocks that you hear. Yeah. It, it is, he's like a man-manager. He gets them playing... He brings like in coaches and do that kind of thing, which is yeah. he knows where his weaknesses are, which is I think what translates well into the team. Yeah, it's just it's just I just love to see that he's he's still able to be successful, you know, twenty thirty years down the line with maybe the same approach. I think, and like you said, it shows that actually you can maybe be overcoached, and it's not all about having technical ability. There's yes. there's more to there's more to football than that. So I think it's yeah. great. What about then? Because obviously you've just mentioned Huddersfield there, and you've talked about beating Leeds away. What other Obviously, I know you've got big rivalry rivalries with Wednesday. What are those rivalries like with the other with the other teams like around Yorkshire, South Yorkshire? So obviously, everybody hates Leeds, regardless, um, yeah. utterly regardless. Uh, Rotherham. A lot of our fans seem to have a soft spot for Rotherham. I cannot stand them. I can't <laughs> stand them. I call them mini pigs because they've got this same attitude that they have. Where they hate us and they think we they think our lives revolve around them and I can't stand it. On the opposite end of the spectrum, a lot of our fans hate Barnsley. I quite like Barnsley. Right. I've got a soft spot for right. them. I don't like. I, you know what? I, there's on the day we hate them. Of course we do because it's a, it's a it's a derby game. But looking out, yeah. I always kind of want them to do well. So I'm liking that weird reverse. <laughs> um. Donny, they're in and there. I don't have strong feelings either way. Unless we're playing him on the day, then I hate him. <laughs> oh. I think, strangely enough, we've got a... I don't think Forrest sits the same way, but it goes back to minor strikes. Can't stand Forrest at all. Right. Uh, you'll get 90 minutes of chanting scabs all the way through, uh, <laughs> through a game with them. We can't stand them. Uh, yeah. Which is... It's always weird because I've got two Forrest friends and on a match day, I'll tell you, I block the numbers. Don't want to hear from them. <laughs> no. You'll be going there next season. Oh, yes. Uh, a chance to put the playoff semi-final from last year right. Um, hopefully send them down. Because uh, let's be fair, it'll probably be a joint relegation party as I'm forward, so we'll probably both go down. But as long as we beat them, I'm not bothered. But, but along with that as well, I don't like Derby. Can't stand Derby. And they're not, nice. they're, not, they're not Yorkshire rivals, but they're close enough for me to have been there a few times and really not like them. Yeah. And then you've got the, uh, Grimsby. There's a rat. Grimsby. Figure this one out. Every time we go to Grimsby, it's a bloodbath. Is it? Fans, fans, <laughs> fans hate each other. We, we we went to we took like went on a little jollies after the season uh, when we got promoted to Premier League. Uh, went to <laughs> we were at this little water park thing, 
And my cousin's got a big United tattoo. We both got as kids we is. And lifeguard goes, oh, you're brave having that art round here. It's like, what? This is clean forms. What are you talking about? But there's, there's this weird needle we've got between us and I don't get where it's come from or why, but it's there. Yeah. Really strange. <laughs> It's, it's funny that I think I think Wednesday have more of a rival we we uh, we Derby obviously because both being Barnsley teams obviously pigs are South Barnsley and Barn- and obviously Barnsley are North Barnsley so I think they've got a little yeah. bit of a rival with each other whereas around our little area I think we just hate them yeah yeah perfect well we're, we're coming up to we've been going nearly an hour now and we're, I appreciate it. I don't want to take too much more of your time it's been great chatting to you I guess a nice way to end I know we've talked about it already but. I guess just thinking about the future, have you got any particular away days you're really looking forward to next season? Or, you know, is there anything that you've not been able to do as a Sheffield United fan that you'd love to be able to do in the future? Like, is the dream being able to go and watch them in Europe, for example? Exactly. Uh, there's My personal dream was to 100% the season, and I was well on course of doing that last time, went to the prem, last time we were in the Prem and we were allowed fans. Right. Every game fans were allowed in, I was there. And then COVID hit. So that I've 99.9%ed a season. That's my best I've done. So this season, I'm doing it. I'm 100%ed. I'm doing it. I'm going to a ball. I'm going to every game, regardless. (laughs) Um, So that's my personal goal, is to finally 100% it. Um, Yeah. Away games, I'm looking forward to it. It's like I said, your Wolves, your Forests away. Uh, what I can't stand is London Stadium, West Ham. I'm going to have to put myself through that again. I miss Upton Park. I do. It, yeah. It's not a nice place to go and watch football at all. Uh, no atmosphere, no nothing. Very plastic. Even the fans have turned plastic. And they're not want to admit it, but they have. They've gone from drinking six yeah. pints and being Green Street to eating salt and pepper chips. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all, <laughs> got, a bit, it's all got a bit weird over there. Uh, but I suppose yeah. what I'm most looking forward to again is the season starting up and just getting back with the lads and getting back with my family, lads and lasses. We've got the uh, we've got some lasses that come with us that drink a lot of football fans on the table, so I'm not taking anything away from <laughs> them. And this season, getting my boy to a few games. Uh, last season in Premier League, you were too young to get to any away games, so it'd be nice to kind of get him on that hype train and uh, ruin his life like I've ruined mine. Yeah, incredible, incredible. Well, I wish you all the best. Like I said, it's been a good season for both our clubs and um you know i'm with you i'm looking forward to going to some premier league games and grounds next year with luton so um i hope you have a good season you thanks too, again th- thanks again for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure not a problem at all i've really enjoyed it any excuse to talk about football and talk about away days you know where i am <laughs> yeah perfect cheers mate well done bye